success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of She's Invincible. And we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Matthew Brackett is more than an executive coach. He meets high-performing professional leaders of any sector at the intersection of the personal and professional so that they protect their priorities, lead better, love better, and live better through his coaching, mentorship, and consulting services. He's also a passionate educator and speaker about varying elements of the management of the human element in personal, professional, intercultural, and organizational contacts. Oh my gosh, we are here with an episode that we've been preparing for you. Welcome, Matthew. So great to have you on She's Invincible. Thank you, Cammie. Yes, and I'm so excited about today's topic, about what we're bringing to our mm-hmm. audience. I think it's way overdue um, right. and and so, so much needed uh, to talk about this topic today. Uh, as we dive in, prepare yourselves. We're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And Matthew, I can't think of anyone I'd rather have this conversation with today. Thank you. Thank you for this. It is. It's a passionate topic. It's something that I get very excited about, but it's a thorny topic, as we well know, right, where people start to dance around it and kind of don't know what to do with it. And it's going to be very hard. So but it's something it's such a positive and wonderful thing that we can talk about this and maybe explain some of the some of the concepts. What are the definitions of some things and clarify some of the misunderstandings about this? I agree. Uh, and right. what you said about the, how we dance around it, it is very uncomfortable. Uh, but some of the best conversations are the most uncomfortable, but yet are so valuable. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we're going to have today. So I am ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. But awesome. I do want to say it's so funny because, you know, since we're on TV is, well, when people look at me, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a white heterosexual um, cisgender male. Right. And so they're like, what's what does this guy have? How can he have anything to say about diversity, equity, and inclusion? But I suppose like you, you know, when people know my background, they'll understand why I am passionate about this. And I think we have to pay attention also to those biases, you know, and I shared this view when I went through my own DNI training and, you know, in education, to be certified and all that. I experienced mm-hmm. that. The people looked at me like, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> you know, and in our conversation, we'll talk about bias, but how bias, it goes all around. It goes all, all directions. Yes. And it's, we're here to educate the people, right? To make the, the uneasy conversations a little more comfortable and mm-hmm. hopefully bring some education and understanding to the communities that we're serving about what this really is about and how we can do it right. Right. Yeah. And I know before yeah. we hit record, we just talked about um, real quickly 
Like, you know, we were created to all be unique. And yet we're here on this earth uh, wondering about why we're all so different. Right. And Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to deal with that and and puzzled by it. And the truth is we were created to be different. And I think like we're the ones with the problem. The You know, we're here trying to figure it out. Is there really anything to figure out? I don't know. Let's get well, into this. Well, let's start. Let's start. Yeah. And there is such a beauty in in the uniqueness of each individual. Right? Yes. How boring life would be if we we're all the same. That uniqueness in every individual is a gift. Right? Life is a gift. And every human being is a gift. And so to look at each other as a gift and to be a gift for one another. I think that's one of the foundation principles, although that's not really taught in DNI, but just how, you know, the way we're talking about it and we're building on this. And then that as soon as however we want to think about however we came into being and creation, all that, whatever that was, but as long as another individual existed, there's always been diversity. So it's not, it's not a new topic for us as a human race. As long as another existed, there's always been the other. And so therefore there's always been diversity and there's always been someone else that's different. And that's, that's so enriching. And, and as human beings, this is how we are. We're made for wired for relationships. We're made for relationships. This is, this is how we connect, but also this is how we grow. This is how we discover ourselves through the other. And so, so yes, I, I like to take a holistic, what I call a holistic approach to DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sometimes they have a DEIB, which is belonging, or DEIJ. These are different things. There's, there's, I'm saying that so that people know what they, when they come across it, what they, what they mean. And a holistic approach really is because holistic is about looking at the bigger picture and looking at the context and looking at all the different parts and the interrelationship between all these different parts. And this is the way I like to approach um, education when I coach human beings. And this whole thing is just because, um, there's a bigger picture and looking at everything in the bigger picture is, is much is very healthy as human beings. We oftentimes we want to go to extremes or we want to water things down or, you know, narrow things down. But when we do that, we do that in order to understand certain concepts. But when we want to understand a certain concept as a narrow concept and not in relationship to other things, then we're not doing that concept justice because we're taking it out of context and and we're not letting it be enlightened by all the other inter- interrelational elements. So that's the beginning with the holistic approach to DNI. DNI, and as I would say, through the lens of dignity, empathy, and innovation, which would be another DNI acronym. And I use that, but I just think it's helpful to see how we're looking at, at diversity, equity, and inclusion through the lens of dignity, empathy, and equality, and innovation. So, and I've seen, you know, going through training and just seeing other and just seeing the reactions of a lot of people, you know, in the corporate or other organizational environments when DNI training is brought in. Sometimes it ends up being using another DNI acronym. It can be divisive, enraging, and ideological. Okay. And so then that's what we want to be careful with because that's not the, that's not what this is all about. It's about bringing people together. It's not about pushing people apart from each other. And sometimes the way it's framed does that. And so the danger is when it, when it comes from an ideological or an extreme application perspective, it ends up it ends up contradicting itself mm. by what I said by con- by creating division, by creating anger, by creating exclusion, 
by creating discrimination, by creating a lack of respect. And so it's, it's contradictory. That's not what, that's not what, the way it's framed, the way it's presented is so important. Now, without getting too much into it, we have, what we have to be careful with is, and though sometimes the way it's framed is some of it has some Marxist um, principles, which are very subtle and they can sound nice on the surface. But when we bring them to their, to their application, then we're on a very subtle, slippery slope towards socialism, towards communism. Right. You know, if we even just take, well, we'll get into equity later because there's so much to talk about when we talk about equity. But that's one of the things that we just have to be careful with. And I do want to, you know, one of the elephants in the room is also um, <laughs> that people hear nowadays is the term woke. Right. And again, which is where does that come from? It's, you know, how it's been taken out of context that well as well. You know, it really comes from the black, from the African-American community back in the 1960s, which for them was meaning just to be informed, educated and conscious about social injustice and race inequality. You know, and then for them, it was like when they were going through everything that they were going through, and oftentimes they continue to go through, it was then just about waking up to, hey, let's just, let's be more aware of what's, what's going on here and to, and to call things out. So that's really where it comes from. But now it's sort of been a term that's being used out there. And, and even in a lot of right wing or what the, we would call conservative groups, which are, and I, and I understand where they have difficulties with all this, but they're using, um, they're putting DE&I under the umbrella of woke, which, which is not an accurate application, or they're putting it under the umbrella of just, you know, total progressiveness and liberalism. And that's not true either. Let's, we're going to go back to, and that's what this conversation is about is what yeah. is, what is all this really about? And why is it so important? So, so I just want to name a few of those things because these are foundational principles of our conversation. Um, and then we saw, so I just want to go through diversity, equity, inclusion. We're going to talk about what those, what that means, the different levels to it. And so when we talk about diversity, and again, all we need to do is just look at ourselves and understand all the things that make us up. Okay. And, and we're going to put this into four, like four levels or four dimensions. All right. So when we talk about diversity, we're talking about attributes, traits, characteristics that make us up as individuals. And it's that uniqueness mm-hmm. and which make us a very unique gift. And this, and then it includes values. It includes beliefs. It includes our background, where we come from. It includes our likes our dislikes, our ethnicity, our culture, our gender, our abilities, the socioeconomic status, uh, our age. Right. And so we have those generational aspects in our physical appearance. And so some of these, as we know, some of these are visible, but many of them are invisible. And so right. in, in DNI and in diversity training, all that we, we talk about the surface level diversity and deep level diversity. Now, the challenge in, in, this, in this space is that the metrics don't do justice to what we're talking about because the metrics end up trying to really measuring the surface level or what is visible. And as we just said, there's so much more, there's so much more to the person. Right. And so I use this example of, you know, in, in a whatever, in a, in, a, in a C-suite or on a board, you could have people that all look different. We have different genders, different sex orientations. We have different color skin. Everyone looks different and has different lives, but they could all think the same. And that's not bringing really what we're what all this is trying to bring about diversity, right, to and innovation and all that and representation. Okay, so there's some of the things that are represented there, but not, right? and then it ends up backfiring on corporations because when they're looking for, for a few reasons, it can backfire because when they're looking for innovation and creativity, 
But if they have everyone comes from the same background or thinks the same way, well, it's it ends up being contradictory to really what they're looking for. Mm, the other thing, that's you know, such that, a good point right there. That's such a good point. And a lot of times companies hire where they have this like mold that they're trying to fit people in. And that's not great because there's no other perspective. Right. And it's not, and it's not, the other thing is not helpful for is because then people can feel people from minority groups can also feel a bit used like, um, Oh, I've been selected only because of the color of my skin or my background or my sexual orientation. And so I become this sort of flag that the company holds up that this is our diversity hire. Mm. And that is not respect. or woman, right? right. Like, or right. That, no, of course. Th- yeah, that, that yeah. I'm a woman and they, they have to check off a box that they have mm-hmm. at least one female in the group or something, you know, that's right. not unheard of either. Of course. And if it's yeah. done like that, then that person can feel like, uh, you know, well, they didn't really hire me because of who I am and what I bring to them. And then others can look at you like, well, we know that you're the you're sort of <laughs> the one that they had the chosen one. <laughs> and that doesn't help anybody. So so those are some of the downsides, you know, of what we have to be really be careful with with all this. So when we're talking about the surface level and the deeper level, you know, we, the iceberg is used for many images and, and, and understanding our, ourselves as human beings. And it can be understood here right? the surface level things that we see in an iceberg is that there's so much more underneath there mm-hmm. and which the metrics don't always do justice to. Um, right. So we're, I'm going to walk you through quick the four the four dimensions, and one of them we already highlighted a little bit. You know, the first dimension would be personality, who we are as human beings. Right, and there's different ways to measure that. You know, the 16 personality test, DISC, Myers Briggs, the Big Five, which would be a more sort of a studious way to look at it. Right, and the Big Five is has five aspects of personality, and it's used a lot by psychologists around our openness, our conscientiousness, our extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Of where we are on that spectrum, right? So personality is that one, that first dimension, and as we know, there's, and we've divided personalities into different styles, but in the end, every person is a, is just so different, right? In, in the in the in that and how they develop their personalities and how they they hone some of the their their strengths, how they take care of maybe some of the negative aspects that they work on, so, so that they, that has less power over them. So personality is going to be the first dimension. The second dimension. Again, really about the person is our age, our gender, our sexual orientation, our physical abilities. But people often forget that in the DEI space, we're also talking about people with disabilities or, or unable people and things like all these other things that come into this. So it's, it's so much more broad. Right? And it, it really yeah. it takes in the, the, just the, the complexity and the beauty. What I like to call the beautiful complexity of the human person. So physical abilities, ethnicity, race. So this would be the, the, the second sort of dimension of when we're looking at diversity, what that means. And then there's a third dimension, which is more visible, kind of like the, you know, geograph- and measurable geographical location, your income, the habits, um, your religious background, your educational background, your educational level, your work experience, your physical appearance, your parental status, or where you are in that, and also where you are with the marital status. So all, all those things, that's a little bit. So we're, as you see, we're going more from internal towards external. And sort of from more difficult things to measure to other things that are easier to put into metrics. And then the fourth is really an organizational context is, you know, what functional level are you? What sector do you work in? What your seniority? um, Where's your work location, your union affiliation management status? So those are really an organizational context, some one of the elements of of diversity. So that's and that's a big mouthful that I just threw out there, but that's just explaining what diversity is 
and all of its expressions. Right? And it, it, let's now talk about dignity because when, in my, the way I approach it is it's about the dignity of the human person. And that's, I just gave you a window into all the different elements that are part of, of the, the human expression and the dignity of the human expression. So when I say dignity, it's, it's that the human beings, we are worth worthless i no, no no not worthless we we are worth we are what invaluable we have so much worth yeah and and we are worthy not because we did anything just for the mere fact that we exist and this is i'm not trying to say this, this isn't about arrogance or pride as human beings it's fine we have an intrinsic dignity because of and we that we are not objects but we are subjects i love that and must, must be treated as such. So each person is not an object, but each person is a subject that must be relished and, and, and held up in that dignity. You are a human person. Now we come from the faith perspective, we could say that we're created in the image and likeness of God or something. But the fact is, as a human being, because of who you are, and the fact, the mere fact that you exist, you have dignity. And you have as much dignity as the person next to you. I love that. So that's how just dignity in this is just so important. And then we're going to move to equity, unless you have any comments, questions. Well, you know, I actually, yeah, I'll say this now is that we didn't really cover your background in this, you know, introduction. And I feel like you have seen probably so much more than just the normal person of this diversity, mm -hmm. equity and inclusion. Uh, one from being a priest, right? Being in right. the in the religion sector for so many years, and then even more so, I think, as being a chaplain in the military. So mm -hmm. being in the Navy, you know, like it, being a priest in a Catholic, you know, organization, like there's a lot of people that are Catholic, right? So as right. you say, like, you know, there's diversity, but there's a lot of people that are of the same in mm -hmm. that sector. Right. And then, and then you get into the military and then now it's a melting pot, right? right. So, you know, every different religion, every background, every, everything. So what a shock. I feel like I'm so glad that you actually went in to this, you know, um, education part of this, because it had to be such a culture shock for you to go from being with people that were so much the same, even though they're different, obviously for all the things you talked about, um, but a lot of the same in the religion part of it to then being in the mm. military to that, right. you know, everybody from everywhere. So I love that you're sharing both sides of this. So let's dive into equity. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to continue with what you were saying. OK, <laughs> you know, because in my ministry, the background is that brought me to many countries. And that's why, you know. As you we, we've talked about this in other conversations about my international and global intercultural experience. And when in ministry, when you're working in different countries, you become part of the fabric, uh, the social fabric, and you really meet people where, you at, where you're at. And sure, I was doing a lot of Catholic ministry, but, but again, that's just another area of just how, how I felt so enriched by working in so many cultures and so many languages. I ran organizations that had 15, 20, 30 nationalities represented, right, from all the yeah. different continents. And so you become aware of so many different things. So that's, and that's what made me... Um, one of the things of many that makes me very passionate about also because I'm just passionate about the human person and, and their complex beauty 
And I think that's such a gift that you were able to do that. Like so many of us are just here, right? And we're, we work here. We grew up here. We were born here. Uh, mm-hmm. For you to be able to travel the world and experience those cultures and the love of the people, um, right. just I think is such a gift, like how blessed you are. Yes. And so I want to continue to bring that to people. And that's, yeah. so that's why I step into this space. So when we talk about equity, and this is where things can get a little bit rough because, you know, what, what does equity really mean? But it's really, it's about having access to same resources and same opportunities. It's what people call equality of opportunity. Um, now, sometimes, you know, in the DEI space, they can confuse equality and equity as having to do with systems and opportunities. But a deeper level is that equality is about equality of dignity, rights, and responsibilities, right? That we all have equal dignity. We all have equal rights. We also have equal responsibilities, which is something that's not always emphasized. Now, and we have all these, our equal dignity, our equal rights, our equal responsibilities in our diversity and in our differences and equity so equality is that and equity is really it's part of it's part of the family of, of the virtue of justice it's part of justice it's really it's about receiving what is due to me in my situation what meets my needs what meets my aspirations and having access to opportunity but the danger here is that <laughs> there is some subtle as i mentioned at the beginning some subtle marxist, marxist principles stating that we are born into oppression and we are born into injustice. And, and this is taught, you know, in some of these courses, this is, taught, this is what they begin with. This is our, their foundational principle, is they tell everyone in the audience, you are born into oppression, you are born into injustice, and therefore you're a victim, and therefore you have to fight against the system, right? That's, we're missing the point here. That's a, such a shallow vision, and it's a very, it's a very dangerous vision to have. Because really, that's what Marx was all about, creating, you know, clashes in the system and the classes. Clashes amongst the classes. So then the government, and that's where communism will really take control. And so it's, so it's a very subtle slippery slope we have to be very careful with. And, but people don't know this because they're like, oh, that sounds good, right? Yeah, we're all born into oppression. It's sort of like the, it's an easy way to start, but we have to be very careful with the consequences that come from that. So it's about, and then what, what's dangerous about this is that that principle will say, that principle will want to say then that it's kind of like it's because of socialism and communism. It's like, well, we have to give gift everyone that equity. In other words, the, the, we have to gift everyone all the same opportunities, which is not, which was then and it kind of contradicts the diversity element because we're already recognized that we all have different qualities. We all come from different backgrounds and we all have to kind of make it work from where we are at. Of course, government, we want government to end policies and organizations to give more people more opportunities because that serves the common good. But the danger thing, and, you know, and we see this sometimes in politics, is all of a sudden we want to gift things to, every, to all these people, but that doesn't, does, doesn't help anyone. That, that creates more friction and, and clashes amongst the classes. And, and that's where government steps in and government begins to take control. So we have to be just very careful about this. A lot of... A lot of um, small things that I'm trying to highlight that are very subtle. Um, and so another danger here is that, is, that, is that equity can be misunderstood where we produce unwanted or unexpected discrimination. Mm. Right? Because we were trying to, well, we need to give equal possibilities to so many people. All of a sudden, well, these people that 
might have easier access to, well, then they can't have access to this anymore. Right. Or we're not. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of things that we, it's hard, but the things that we need to be careful with. And, and so as, as I said, equity can sometimes equity led to an extreme can, can contradict some of the principles that we're trying to emphasize in diversity. So that's just another mouthful, but just around what equity is, its relations to, to equality, they're different. Um, and then their relationship to dignity. Um, and then just some of the, the, when not understood properly or not implemented properly, the, the contradictions and, and challenges that can, it can bring about in society. And we've seen so many, right? And yeah, and it's just, it feels impossible, right? It's such a big thing. It feels so hard to get a handle on. And yet I feel like we can, somehow we can. I have hope. I do. I have hope in that, which is why I want to have this conversation. Right. We can. And it's not about just big government. You know, another principle in in ethics and morals is subsidiarity, which we won't get into, but it's about everyone has to stay in their lane around big government, around small government, communities. It's about creating, it's really about doing this at the smaller levels. Um, and I think that what's happened maybe in our country, in the United States, is that is a big institution, big government has sort of inserted itself, wanting to do good, but it's, it, it's kind of had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need just everyone in their personal, con- individual context, you know, in communities and organizations and schools to work on this and to begin to create this awareness. Because the fact is, before we get into to inclusion, right, in other aspects that I want to talk about is, the fact is that as human beings, we have biases. Yeah. It's just because it's the way the brain works. And the brain has different functions. You know, it has fast pace, it has slow pace. When we're in crisis and difficulty, we, we, we hop a lot of normal processes of thinking, you know, processes of thinking to find solutions, which and sometimes aren't the best solutions. But again, but it's the blindness that we all have these blind spots, which is what biases are brought up, is, is partly about. It's also about mental shortcuts that we make. Right. But it also has to do with, with the education, with the way we're brought up. The fact is that we all have blind spots. What we're trying to do with the and I really the big focus is let's shed some light on some of the biases that we have so that we can all so that we can all see better. So that we can see the other better. Right? And let me a parenthesis here is about the word respect. Which is a word that we love. Right. And mm-hmm. it comes from from a Latin word, which means to to look. Right. And respect means this ability to look again. Right. And so to really that that deeper look at the other. In the end, that's what is and that's what we want as human beings. We in the end, what we really want and what this is all about is that we all want to be seen. We want to be valued. We want to be listened to. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be validated. And we want this to happen in the smaller circles of society, which begins with an individual and then the family, social circles, and then an organizational context. And in national contexts, and then in international contexts, but that those basic things needs that we have as human beings to be seen, to be listened to, to be acknowledged, to be affirmed, to be validated—all those things. That's what, and so respect, sort of, it harkens to that. We mm. all, to this ability of each of us to look at the other, not only at the surface, but the the depth beauty and dignity of the other that's really what respect is all about so well, let's go then to to inclusion mm-hmm. which is really very is probably more one of the simple things to simple concepts in this 
and it, and it really comes from I think what the sense of belonging. Going back to this human need, we all have a need to feel that we belong, and this starts in ourselves first. Right? Sometimes that first contradiction yeah. or conflict can start within us that I feel like I don't belong here, or, or I'm in conflict with myself, or I don't know myself, or so that first sense of belonging with myself, my sense of belonging with my loved ones, and let's just say in, in the family, sense yeah. of belonging among friends and social circles. That's why we generally look for social circles where there's some sort of affinity or where there's belonging. And then in the corporate or global or in or organizational context is the sense of belonging in organizations. In my view, organizations only have a certain degree of responsibility in this because some, a lot of corporate or work is about work, right? Of course, we right. want people to feel that they belong. Okay. But in the end, it's also just, a, it's a, um, it's an exchange of services for monetary compensation. Right? Now, but it, because we want to bring our humanity to work, of course, we want to be able to foster a healthy culture. We want to foster an environment where people feel seen, feel valued, feel listened to, right? Where, so inclusion, I think, is sort of a result of all these other things that we've been talking about. Yeah. Where people feel valued and an active participant in, in a team, in a community, in an organization. So that's really what, what in inclusion, inclusion is about. And then I would, I want to step into what I talked about before when, you know, this is the DEI, the mainstream DEI, but I, I like to see it through the lens of dignity, which I already talked about. Yeah. The other lens of, of equality and empathy. Right. And we talked about the equality of dignity that we all have equal dignity. And over the centuries, it's so sad as a human race, just how, how bad we've been to each other mm. right? and how we've, and just the, again, those biases and prejudices of, of what, how, you know, for example, in Europe or the here or how we, we viewed other cultures, other colors of skin. It's like, for me, it's just so hard to grasp, but it, everything happened in its context, not justifiable. We have to understand where people are coming from. It, again, not justifiable at all, but the fact is that, you know, that they see the other human beings as less. I, it's very hard for me to, to wrap my mind around that. Me too. The fact is that happened for centuries and there's a lot of reconciling that needs to go on. But it is the fact that the equality of dignity, we want people to have opportunities. We want to give them, you know, equal opportunities, but of course not give them away. We want pe people have to earn the opportunities, yes. but we want opportunities to be accessible to, to everyone. And then with the E, I use equality and I use empathy, right? And empathy is... I think it has a lot to do with everything we said. It's just a different word. It's that ability to connect with and to understand someone else. You know, going back to respect, the ability to see someone, to look at someone, to see them in their depth. And, and empathy is to see someone's situation, to sit with them in that situation. And when we talk about empathy, there could be three levels, right? The cognitive empathy is like, all right, I understand that you're going through a really hard time. I'm with you, um, even though I can't feel what you're feeling. But there's... That's a that's a big step. Cognitive yeah. empathy to make someone sense that I'm here with you, and then then there's the there's the emotive empathy, which is really maybe maybe I've been through what you've been through, and so there's much more of a, an emotional connection there, of of emotive empathy, and then the the interesting thing, the third step is empathic action. In other words, that my empathy takes action. Mm. You know, yesterday I ran into someone that had just gotten off a bus here in Mexico City, had been robbed. And, you know, just a young kid who's like 16 or 17, robbed of all his money. You know, very, he comes, you know, didn't have, 
thieves, you know, it doesn't come from a, a good background. Didn't he was trying to go back and, you know, he would have no place to live if he, without money, you know? And so I stopped and I, I said, I asked him what was going on, you know, I to try to sit with him, but of course I could, I wasn't feeling what he was feeling. I wasn't right. going through. I tried to sit with him for a minute and tried to encourage him. And I walked away. And then, then I turned around and walked back. Because I had this I, true empathy, empatha, empathic action is really, I, I saw it as important. And I don't know what he's going through. I've never experienced that. Right. You know, with, with his social background. But, um, and so we went to a, when I went to an ATM. I gave him, it was like, he just needed 20 bucks. But so I gave him the money that he needed and um, put a smile back on his face. And I, and he was going, he could go home now, you know, and, and not, and not suffer the tragedy that he possibly could have suffered without that. So empathic action is being able to walk with people and whatever they're going through, whether it be a phone call, whether it be reaching out, whether it be, you know, sometimes we can be a bit passive in, in empathy. So we have dignity, we have equality, empathy, and then we have innovation. You know, when we talk about inclusion, the I would mean inclusion. But in my view, it also means innovation. And, and for this, as human beings, we want, to, we want to innovate processes. We want to innovate possibilities. We want to innovate new ways that, you know, if we go to the, to the workforce, innovate new ways that we hire, new ways that we promote people. You know, because the traditional structures don't always do justice to people. And sometimes we're promoting people to positions that they're not going to do well at. Mm, right. So that's, that's not helpful. So, you know, the innovation to bring deep level diversity, you know, into, into the workplace as a way to create innovation, you know, and this automatically results in what the big term nowadays, people talk a lot about is psychological safety, but it's all psychological is a result of all these other things where people see, be seen are valued, that their dignity is taken into account. Right. And that there's an environment where people, when there's this psychological safety, people can be themselves. And then in the workforce or in just in any space, people can can lead better. And my phrase, love better and live better. People can create more. There's so much more innovation when people feel. And there's also this greater feedback in an environment where people feel that they can speak up. And when people feel that they can't speak up, well, then, you know, unhealthy practices continues, abuse right. continues, all these other things. Right. And then people, the leadership isn't getting proper feedback. They think everything's OK because people don't feel like they can say something. How will it be held against them? So psychological safety is really as a result of all of this. And I think as we talk about inclusion, as a result of all these other principles that we're talking about. So those, I just, I wanted to walk you quickly through those. Maybe it wasn't too quickly, but around the DE&I, what it means, right? And then what, the, what my lenses are as well around, de- around dignity, equality, and empathy, and innovation. And hopefully offering your audience a, a more holistic view of what DE&I is. I love that. And you really paved the way because, you know, we have other people coming in that are going to be talking about this as how it affects them um, Mm -hmm. and their life and others around them as well. And I think that just you bringing this uh, here, the education part of it and just really explaining and breaking it down will help people understand more as the conversations continue around this. And I think for for this issue that as you say you know it's affecting everyone everywhere doesn't matter where you live what your background is doesn't matter your education or your income or your religion uh everyone is being affected somehow um and 
I think that the first step is to talk about it, just as you said, like people want to be heard. People need to talk about it. And I feel that the more conversation we have around it, the more people understand and the more we can move into that action place where we can start to think more before we act or before, you know, our autopilot kicks in uh, to what normally we would think or do or how we would react to maybe consider more of these things and where they come from and how they affect us now and in the future. So, and I love what you said about the action and about, you know, you not really knowing what this young man felt or what he was going through because you never went through that. Uh, You know, and I feel like this is, of course, my perception. You don't need to understand it, but you can help even if you don't understand it. Right. I think so many times people throw their arms up like, I don't understand that. And there's nothing I can do. And the truth is, you don't have to understand it to be able to do something. And I love the way that you handled it because you didn't understand, but yet you were still able to fulfill a need that he had that is going to encourage him and make a huge difference in his life in the future. And like, isn't that what it's all about? And, you know, I always come back to like, look, just, we don't have to understand it. Just love everybody. (laughs) We just just need more love. I think the Beatles had it right when they said, all you need is love. (laughs) And I just feel like, you know what, like if we can just move in that direction, that might help too. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, an action point for some of your listeners will be, step out of that comfort zone and go talk to someone that's very different, right? That normally you would not socialize with to understand more about that person, that that person is experiences what it means to be seen, to be looked at, valued, appreciated for who they are. Right? And you will, by doing that, you'll, you'll help shed light on some of your own blind spots or prejudices or the way we assumed around things. You know, in the ministry, I did that. I, mean, I, I, there's two things to this. In ministry, I, I realized that I had been prejudiced or I had assumed certain things which weren't accurate about people. Mm. And so that, that taught me early on not to do that. Right. And, and, but also in ministry, I was able to just deal with so many people that it, 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 it shed so much light into my own life. But I really recommend your listeners to go out there, whether it be people of different racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and sexual orientation, faith backgrounds, you know, go and experience and understand a little bit more the perspective rather than just sort of, you know, getting stuck in, in just where we are, you know, in the, in our own little comfort zone. And I'm not going to step out of this. And, and then, we, you know, cause then we kind of expect everyone else to, to walk towards us, but we, it's, it's a two way street, you know, all of us walking towards each other. For so sure. that's one action point. You know, and then, and then, as you know, I, I'm a trainer and educator in this field. So any way that I can serve any of your audience or, or organizations who are looking for a more holistic approach to the DEI. Yeah. So let's talk about Bracket Alliance. So what what kind of programs do you have to support others in this DEI? Like whether it's through personally or through corporations, what right. is it that you're providing? There be two types of services in this from this angle. It would be the in my coaching relationship or in my consulting relationship, it's really helping consulting organizations around how to do this and how to implement, how to implement practices and processes and just in a very healthy way. And then, so that's on an individual basis of working with leadership around that. And then there's the, the educational, a lot of companies and organizations are looking for, we need training, we want education, we want, but they've, sometimes they've been let down. They're like, no, this, 
we had this and it wasn't good for us. Actually, it didn't help. So to know that there's other options out there around this more um, integrated and holistic approach to DNI and and its and its truth and in its depth and how important it is for us, and that true DNI is 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 not woke, right? It um it can be when it's impro- improperly taught or or not properly implemented, and but um whatever woke means, right? But but anyways, right. <laughs> So right. I like to preserve woke in its own original context, which is really in the context of the African Americans of the Black community of just creating awareness around social injustice and racial inequality. That's what it means. Let's not all of a sudden use it as an umbrella topic or umbrella word to on for so many other things that are happening in society. Mm. Okay, but but I've heard people say, it, and so that's why I say it. I've heard a lot of people say in different circles that they just discard DEI because it's whatever it's radical it's extreme it's left or it's whatever words you want to put on it yeah right or the other people too. say it's woke which is so it's which is so inaccurate i said no we can't you can't just throw it all away because this is so valuable for us as human beings mm-hmm. but just the way we approach it i think it's just so important yeah the understanding of it will make the world a better place and it will make hu- the humans be more human to each other right, right. that and uh, and have a respect for the differences in us because we're supposed to be different. I love that. So tell our listeners where they can find you. They can find me at my website, bracketalliance.com. I'm at, on Instagram, Matthew Bracket Official, also on Facebook and also on LinkedIn as Matthew Bracket. Perfect. Well, thank you, Matthew, for coming to us today and explaining this very complicated topic that affects, I say, everyone in the world. Every human is affected by this. And I appreciate you so much coming and sharing and just kind of unpacking this to a place where we can understand more of it and maybe try to dial in on even just one part of it right now, but step by step. And I'm sure we'll be back for more conversations around this topic. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kimmy. Thank you. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? 
With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, Matthew Brackett, that was so much fun to talk to you today about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you know, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius. And I appreciate you unpacking that so well today. But we're not done because we also promise that we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share the good the bad and the ugly. Mm, I thought we were going to skip that this time. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) We never skip that. We are going to bring you the good, the bad and the ugly. This is our promise that we've made to our community uh, so that they can see that it's not easy. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it is a lot of obstacles to have the success that you have, but you never gave up. Right. And so we're going to pull back the curtain. But before we do, we need to give a shout out to one of our loyal listeners who left us this amazing review. They say Cammy's passion for bringing out your invincible, your invincibility is palpable in every episode of She's Invincible. Her ability to bring out the good, the bad and the ugly (laughs) in each guest brings a vulnerability and authenticity to each episode that is hard to find on other podcasts. And there you go, Matthew Brackett. That's why we do it. That's right. It's a great intro and it is, it makes it more real. Well, it makes it more real, right? People, when they know what you know and they know what you've been through and we just talked about that, right? In this, the equity and the inclusion is that, they know when they know that you've been through these certain things, then they feel that they can confide in you or that you are the one that can help support them in their struggle. And they also get to hear that you never gave up. Right. So let's jump in and let's start. Are you ready to tell some stories? Let's tell some quick stories. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's start with the good. Tell us a good or great part of this journey that has to do with diversity, equity. And All energy. right. Again, so much, I guess, but I shared a little story during our, during our episode about one little story, another one that going back to military chaplaincy and there's some very positive stories that I can share is around, first of all, that I, again, the diversity that I was at a command where there are 5,000 Marines and sailors and I was their chaplain. Okay. And a lot of people don't pay attention to my faith background. Like a lot of them, 
if someone was Catholic, they would know that I was a Catholic chaplain, but otherwise they sort of just saw me as the chaplain. That being said, the fact that so many, you know, I dealt with people from so many different backgrounds, college skin, sexual orientation, and every time it was that people felt seen and valued. I'm not saying this to toot my own horn or anything, but it's just, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was fruit of a lot of just what I had been through. And so to, that they could sit with me and feel listened to and from their religious perspective of whatever it was, from their lifestyle perspective, whatever it was, really just meet people where they're at. And, and I remember um, dealing with a, a lesbian couple that came to me for, for marriage counseling. Right. And obviously if people know that I'm a Catholic priest, they would understand the Catholic view on this, but that wasn't, and that's, that's not what this is about. This is about serving people. And so, and I just remember that was such a, a fun and fascinating experience because they had no hangups about coming to me and I had no hangups about dealing, about listening to them and helping them. And it was such a, such a wonderful moment, you know, of meeting them where they're at in their relationship and, and their sexual orientation and just helping them work through things in their relationship. And I think that was something good that I remember. I remember, and there was another um, female that, that who grew up Catholic, but, um, but left her faith because she didn't feel, she was, she had, um, she was lesbian. And so she didn't feel really accepted in that. And, but she knew I was a priest and we had a lot of talks and she felt very comfortable that she could trust me. And so I think those are, those are some positive stories around, around this topic that we're talking about. That's amazing. And that, that's like equity and inclusion in action right there, Mm -hmm. right? That, that, you were able to, even though you didn't know how they felt and never were in their position before, you were able to uh, serve them and support them in a way uh, without judgment, right? And right. be able to encourage and empower them. Um, mm-hmm. And back to what we talk about, right? Just love the people. Just right. love the people. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, we're going to save the ugly for last, but tell us the story about the bad part of this this journey right the, the bad um and i want to preface i suppose with when we talk about biases you know we've talked about biases and maybe some biases are based on past experience they can be based on a lot of other things more mental fixations but they can also be based on past experience so when we make assumptions around things right that doesn't really have to do with what i'm saying about the bad but i just wanted to mention that but in the bad, um, I'm going to go back to my story as as a as a priest and leaving priesthood, and because I think it really relates to all this. Um, because culturally, organizationally, I was doing something that was really not seen in a positive light, while acceptable because there's a whole there's a process to do it, um, and you you leave in good standing, legally good standing with the church. But culturally, and the mentality is very, very hard. So I suppose I just is experiencing that, where you know I was part of so many people's lives, and had so many brothers in the priesthood, and part of just met people and worked with people overall, you know. But um, naturally, things changed. But it was it was sort of like I felt um, I felt a lot of judgment, prejudice, uh, misunderstanding, um, condemnation. Um, Definitely things that don't go with everything that we've been talking about, right? And it's sort of exclusion, right? This exclusion of, you know, well, you know, obviously decisions have consequences, but in my view, it's sort of more consequences than necessary, at least on the social aspect of how people interact and how people view you. And so it's sort of being feeling rejected and excluded and from certain environments and from people who 
I had great relationships with, all of a sudden things shifted. So that might be, that might highlight a little bit about the bad aspect. Mm. Boy, we could talk more about that later, but man, yeah. Uh, we're not going to go there now. <laughs> okay. So tell us we're going ugly. Tell let's us. Let's go ugly. Let's go ugly. I mean, this whole topic, you know, is hard. So, but let's go ugly. Tell us the ugly story. I wish I had something ugly to share about my, but nothing comes about my, about something that I did. Cause I think that would be much more um, impactful to the audience, but I can't really think of nothing. An example doesn't come to mind right now. I can speak of going back to the religious atmosphere of something that I witnessed. I was um, the director of a house for priests from, like I said, from like 20 different countries when I was living in Rome. So the priests from all over the world that were there, were living under the same roof and we lived life somewhat in community. We're praying together and, having our meals together. And so there was a lot of diversity there, right? Sure. <laughs> so I remember a certain priest from a specific country who had, who, who did not live this, right? From a faith perspective, from a human perspective, he could not deal with the people from the Asian and African continents. Mm-hmm. He couldn't eat with them. He, he, spoke of them in sort of a disintegrating and disrespectful manner, the way he referred to them. And you could just see it in body language. You could see it in behavior, you know, when, when he walked into the, into the eating hall or to the dining room, you know, the places he would choose and who he would avoid and who he would hang out with. And, um, so that for me, that's ugly for a few things, just from the human side, but also from, from a faith perspective of, of how we view people. Um, you know, and he and he explained something about their country and their history about um there was sort of the use this goes back centuries, I think, because where the government of that country got rid of a lot of indigenous people, sort of what they would call a cleansing. And and he spoke very highly of that, mm. um, of what his country did. And so the that was a very ugly experience on many levels. And also from the faith perspective of what we've talked about, the dignity of the person and how in loving. So it was, that was very ugly to observe. I imagine too, it's hard to lead the people that you don't love. So I don't even know what that looks like when it comes to that. Like mm-hmm. that, that is very difficult, but it goes back to show you that a lot of the way that people think and feel about this topic are based on things that have happened generationally, right? Mm. That that they've adopted like, oh, I agree with that because my country did that. So that must be right. So it's a, a lot about experience and perception. And that's unfortunate. But thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Kimmy. So there you go. There you have my good and bad and ugly. Hope it's yes. juicy, enough, juicy enough for your audience. <laughs> you didn't get away. <laughs> you will not be the one who got away. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for this very, very difficult conversation. I mean, it's not difficult for you and I to have, but it's difficult conversations in the world that we all need to be having so that we can get a better handle on this. Uh, on humanity, on the way that we see people and love people. And as you say, right, so they can, what is it? Lead better, love better, and live better. That's it. That's what it's all about. So, oh my gosh, Matthew, thank you so much. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, or even in this diversity, equity, inclusion uh, 
topic, maybe this is affecting you, please reach out to Matthew if he can support you or your business, your company in any way. Um, he would love to chat more with you. And again, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes, Cami, thank you. So bracketalliance.com would be my website on Instagram at Matthew Brackett Official, also on Facebook and LinkedIn at Matthew Brackett. You are everywhere, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Cami, and thank you to your audience. And thank you to all of you listening around the world. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, just get back up. You just got to get back up. I know it's hard and I know you feel like you can't do it, but I'm here to tell you you can and you got to believe me. Just get back up. Tell him, Matthew. <laughs> just get back up. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> get, get back up because you are worth it and you deserve it. Oh, amen, brother. Just do it. You can do anything, you guys. I'm telling you right now. Just get back up. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.